Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Wow. Wow. We're about to have church. Man, the presence of the Lord is here. And thank you, Pastor Coburn, for leading us in one of the most wonderful communion services I've ever been a part of. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This morning, I want to talk to you about baptism just for a few moments, and then we will go into the celebration of baptism. And just as Pastor Coburn explained, that there's more to communion than just taking of the bread and the cup. He went into how deeply spiritual it is. Well, the same is true of baptism. There's more to baptism than you might think. Baptism is inseparably connected to uh, salvation. And so it's where Christianity begins. It's how we get started in the faith. And I'll just share some scripture with you. On the day of Pentecost, Simon Peter said in Acts 2.38, listen to what he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what you do. You repent, and you get baptized, and you receive the Holy Spirit. I, I decided a long time ago to believe what the Bible says, Amen. that the Bible says what it means, and it means what it says. You repent. You get baptized, you receive the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what they did. Some 3,000 on that day repented, they got baptized, and they received the Holy Spirit. After the apostle Paul had had an encounter with Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road, God sent a man to him by the name of Ananias. And listen to what Ananias said to the apostle Paul. This is Acts 22, 16. And now... Why do you wait? By the way, if you have been saved, if you have trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you should never wait to be baptized. Every now and then someone will say, well, I'm not sure I really understand it. Hey, I've been preaching for 40-something years now, and I'm not sure I really understand it. The things of God are too deep for us, but what we can do is obey He said, and now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. When God sent Simon Peter, and those of you who know your Bible, you know these stories as well as I do. When God sent Simon Peter to the house of Cornelius and the spirit of the Lord fell on them and they were all saved, listen to what Peter said to them. This is found in Acts 10, 48. And he commanded them. Now, that's a strong word, isn't it? 
And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. After Jesus got up and walked out of the tomb alive, he spoke directly to his disciples. And the theologians call this the great commission or the great command. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus said, go make disciples. And the very first thing you do is you baptize them. You make disciples, you baptize them, and then you teach them all the things that he had taught them. Listen to the words of Jesus in Mark 16, 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. I'm just, I'm going through the scriptures. Uh, These are scriptures that tell us how important and how significant baptism is. Jesus gave it in the Great Commission, and someone said it was the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. You get baptized. You get saved, you get baptized. To get saved and not get, get baptized is to depart from the teachings of Scripture the moment you get saved. And you don't want to do that. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you get baptized. And that's what they did all through the Scriptures. Very quickly this morning, uh, there was a businesswoman by the name of Lydia. You can find this in Acts, the 16th chapter. She was a businesswoman, very successful. She heard the words of the apostle Paul and she received Christ. And the Bible says she was baptized with her household. Paul and Silas were put in jail, in the Philippian jail. You know the story. This is also in Acts, the 16th chapter. And at midnight, they started praising God and worshiping God. I can't think of a worse situation to be in, but they were praising God. The miraculous, supernatural power of God moved into that place. Shackles fell. Prison doors opened. Everyone was set free. The the prison guard was afraid that uh, he would be killed. So he decided to take his own life. Paul said, don't do that. And Paul ministered the gospel to him. And the Bible says this all happened around midnight now. And it says after Paul had ministered the gospel to him, after he'd heard the good news, this is what it says. The very same hour he was baptized with all of his family. It is significant. There was a ruler of the synagogue by the name of Crispus. This is found in Acts, the 18th chapter. Crispus was the ruler of the synagogue, much like the pastor of a church. And when he heard the gospel from Paul, he received Christ. And not only that, many who were under his leadership received Christ. And it says that he was baptized with all of his household. These, these are significant. The, um, there was a, a, a eunuch. The Bible talks about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And Philip was talking to him about the things of Christ, about salvation, and obviously about baptism. And while they were talking, the eunuch said to Philip, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And, and listen to what he said. This is what Philip said to him in Acts 8, 37. Then Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And they went down into the water 
and Philip baptized him. All right, I've given you some scripture, and I could do this for about an hour. I have way too many notes. But I have a question to ask you. I want you to listen up. I want you to answer this question. But before you do, I want to tell you it's a trick question. Even though it's a trick question, I want you to answer it anyway. Not out loud, but I want you to answer this. Here's the question. Do you have to be baptized in order to be saved? Not out loud. I want you to answer it in your own head and your own heart. Do you have to be baptized in order to be saved? Do you have your answer? All right. You know, you know what you think the answer is? All right, here goes. I'm going to tell you who's right and who's wrong. If you said yes, you are correct. If you said no, You are correct. (laughs) Now, you may be thinking, how is that even possible? Well, the only way to truly understand that is you have to know what the Bible says. And, And the passage of Scripture that really makes this crystal clear comes from 1 Peter, the third chapter. In 1 Peter, the third chapter, Peter is talking about the flood. He's talking about Noah. He's talking about the ark. And he's talking about the eight people who were saved by the ark. And so what he says is one man listened to God and one man did what God told him to do. And he built an ark. And because of that, the whole world was destroyed and eight souls were saved. Here's the scripture, 1 Peter 3.21. There is also an anti-type. An antitype is something that resembles something else. It's a counterpart. This represents this. There is also an antitype to the ark. Just like the ark saved them in the Old Testament, there is an antitype which also saves us now in the New Testament, and it's what? You didn't want to say that, did you? There's an antitype that saves us, and it's baptism. So if you said, yes, we have to have baptism to be saved, you were right. But let's read on. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh. So it's not water baptism he's talking about. So baptism saves us, but it's not being bathed in water. It's not going under the water. You could be baptized a dozen times. Some people do. They get baptized over and over and over thinking the water will do something for them. It never does. It's symbolic, but that doesn't save. So the baptism that saves is this. Listen, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection Of Jesus Christ. Oh, do you understand what's going on here? Simon Peter is talking about, he says, just as the ark saved them for the flood, there is a baptism that saves us. It's not the water, even though the baptism with water is beautiful, spiritual, and it is something that we should do in obedience, but it's not the water that saves. Here's the baptism that saves. The baptism that takes place when you have an encounter with Almighty God. A baptism, yes, 
A baptism that takes place when you have such a profound experience with the Lord Jesus Christ that it completely wipes your conscience clean. Wow. (laughs) No more guilt. (laughs) Praise God. No more shame for your past sins. Hallelujah. It's all gone. It's all wiped clean. That's exactly what Pastor Coburn was talking about. The blood that washes white as snow. It's all gone. It's all wiped clean. What Simon Peter is saying is just like that ark saved them. There is a baptism that saves us. And it's a baptism when you have a divine, spiritual, supernatural, life-changing encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. That saves you. Wow. That, that saves you. A few days ago, my wife got a, a new iPad. And she wanted to give her old iPad away. But we don't know what's on that old iPad. Now, I know my wife has never been on any sites or anything that would, you know, embarrass her. But she still didn't want anybody knowing her business. So guess what we did? We took her iPad, her old iPad. We put it in the hands of Pastor Chuck Coburn. (laughs) Because we are too old to understand all this technology. But I'm glad somebody does. And he took the old iPad and he wiped the hard drive clean. Are you with me? In that sense, Pastor Coburn represents what God does for us when we truly have a baptism experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. He cleanses us. He wipes it clean. And it's not the washing of water that does it. It's the cleansing of your conscience so that it's all removed and we are completely clean. No exaggeration. He used some of the terminology earlier, new creation, new birth. You become a new man, a new person. You become, this seems just absolutely impossible. But listen to this. You become the righteousness of God. That seems incredibly impossible. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Did you know that when you have the kind of baptism experience that Simon Peter's talking about, you actually become the righteousness of God? You say, preacher, you don't know what I've done. Oh, you don't know what it means to be baptized. You don't understand baptism, the righteousness of God. It's absolutely amazing. Now, one last thing. Baptism represents death. It represents death. And the best illustration of this is found in our Lord and Savior. So Jesus went to John at the Jordan River. He went out to the Jordan River to be baptized. And 
John didn't want to baptize him. John said, no, you need to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, you need to baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. And so John uh, submitted and he baptized Jesus. So he was buried, represents death, burial, and resurrection. That's what happened with Jesus at the Jordan River. Now, what's interesting is this. After Jesus was baptized, listen up now. If you read your Bible, you'll pick up on this next time you go through the Gospels. After Jesus was baptized at the Jordan, several years after that, Jesus started talking about his upcoming baptism. I'll give you the scripture. Luke twelve fifty. This is several years after he was baptized in the Jordan. This is what Jesus said. I have a baptism to be baptized with and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Jesus had already been baptized, but now he's saying, I have another baptism I've got to go to. Mark 10, 38, Jesus said to them, this was James and John. They had requested that one sit on the right hand, one sit on the left hand. When Jesus comes into his glory and, and Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? He is obviously talking about the cross. So important to understand this. So, when Jesus was baptized at the Jordan River, it was symbolic. When we go down in the water, that's symbolic. When Jesus went down in the water, it was symbolic. It was symbolic of death, burial, and resurrection. It was pointing to a time when he would have a real baptism. That was his symbolic baptism. But there would come a time when he'd have his real baptism when he went to the cross and he died on the cross. And I'm telling you, that baptism has the power to save all of us. That baptism. That he died on the cross. He was buried and he got up and walked out of that tomb alive. When you and I get baptized in water, it's symbolic. But when you and I get baptized into Jesus Christ and into his death, that's not symbolic. That's a real experience. My favorite scripture on baptism, this church has heard it thousands of times, but I'll read it to you again. Romans 6, 3 and 4. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his, say it, baptized into his death. That's what we say when we baptize people. We're baptizing you into the death of Christ. Baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. The fact is, friends, that when you really have a salvation experience, when you have a spiritual baptism experience, it means that you enter Christ and you were on the cross with him. It means you were in Christ when he was in that grave. And it means that you were in Christ when he got up and walked out of that tomb alive. And it means that you have new life now because of that. Oh, Jesus said, if you want to find your life, you lose your life. That's the way you do it. Now, every now and then someone will say to me, Pastor, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. Well, I can tell you whether or not you're ready. 
You want to know if you're ready for baptism? Are you ready to die? Are you ready to die to the way you've been living? Are you ready to die to your selfish motives? Are you ready to die to self-believing that he's got a better plan for your life than you could ever dream of? Are you ready to lay your life down at his feet? And are you ready to say, now I call you Lord and I'll do what you tell me to do? And by the way, the first thing he tells you to do is get baptized. And that's what you do. I believe there's some here that may not have planned to be baptized today that may need to get baptized today. But the first thing I'm going to do is ask all those who have made plans to be baptized today, would you just get up very quickly and come to the stage and stand across the stage? Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.